Welcome to the New Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi, Em. Hello. Happy May. Happy May. I can't believe it. No. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Truly can't. Really and truly cannot. <laughs> because also, you know what? It feels like this, like there has been so much that has happened in the first quarter of this year that I'm like, I feel like I've already gone through a whole year's worth mm. of stuff. Like, personally, or, like, worldly, or, like, both? Uh, mainly personally. Yeah. But also, like, the war, gas being, like, $5 a gallon. Like, yeah, you know, things of that nature. Very valid. Very I don't, valid. I literally don't watch the news anymore. No, I don't I'm either. I'm about as ignorant as they come right now, because I just can't. Ignorant is such um, a negative word. I feel like... I feel like there's a better blissfully unaware, blissfully unaware. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I was looking for. I like that way better. I like that way better for us. Okay. Well, that's what, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's okay well, though. Yeah. But we're like, I feel like if you're getting your dose, okay. Not to say social media is at all, always valid, <laughs> but like, I think we've learned that neither is the news. So like, pick your poison right and i think you know you can't give yourself too much so we just we're selectively blissfully unaware okay you know what i will accept <laughs> that You're right. it is a little bit of pick your poison like yeah right you do you you decide what you want to like just sink into right now i probably know more about the outfits at the met gala that happened yeah, like that's... last week that's valid yeah i do about what's happening in russia and i'm honestly not that sad about it yeah no and it's not that you don't care any less it's just the matter of like self-preservation so you are on (laughs) your like you are like webster today i'm I'm very impressed over here yeah very impressed yeah i just feel like the world back before like streamed news and social media yeah they already had enough of their own stuff going on nonetheless us trying to like carry the weight of everything happening agreed 100 percent. yeah so don't get troubled if you're with us yeah i was gonna say if you two are blissfully unaware (laughs) you're welcome here yeah absolutely join (laughs) us we can all sit around talk about the met gala outfits which it's hard for me to really understand a lot yeah. of those outfits that show up, but mm-hmm. it's true. I just um, obsess over Blake Lively in like any regard. I was gonna say Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds uh, are they yes. the best? One of the best couples in Hollywood, the best ever. And their like dry, dark sarcasm is just like speaks to my soul. Oh, I'm here for it. Did you? I see love it. The latest Ryan Reynolds movie, The Adam Project. No, I did not. Gasp. Can you please go watch that? Because yeah. it is futuristic. Not my genre at all. But okay. Ryan Reynolds is in it. So I'm here for it. Yes. So there is a 12-year-old version of him and him throughout mm. the whole movie. And 12-year-old version of him kills it. Oh, I love that. The sassy Ryan Reynolds sarcasm. This kid totally is on Spot point with on. it. Yeah, you're gonna. That might be our date night movie tonight. Yeah, if I can find it on Netflix. Can I find it on like Netflix? Okay, yes, wonderful. the Adam That's Project. the one. That's the one. Um, hashtag Ryan Reynolds <laughs> needs to like come hang out with us on the New Nurse podcast. Yes, if I I feel like if we had like 
Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, like, I would just, their humor. I like just everything about them. They're just so funny. Uh, yeah. If they heard this podcast, they would like us, I think. I think we would be agree. friends. I think so. I agree. Blake and Ryan, let's do coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Meet you in Hollywood. Um, so today, okay, so last week, it is May, as we talked about. Justin Timberlake, shout out. Um, did, I hope everybody understands that reference. You get that reference. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I might need you to break it down. You don't know the reference? Uh, You're just oh, too is it young. like, it's is it insane? What? No, nope, that's not it. <laughs> It's good. What about okay? Oh, we- it's gonna be May. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I did watch that as like a TikTok or like real or whatever, and I literally watched it like five times and thought about how brilliant it was. But like, did you did you get it? I get it now. I do. I'm glad you could connect the dots. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I'm just so glad that I'm in your life because yes, just- talk about being blissfully unaware. <laughs> <laughs> At least I actually knew after you explained it. There are times where I just don't know what you're saying. I know. And then that's really troublesome. You go off on like starbs. Yeah. Starbies. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Mm, That's true. You're like making up words. Yeah. Also valid. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. So May, Mental Health Awareness Month. So last week we talked about mental health. We were just like basically trying to normalize it, y'all. Like everybody needs to have a counselor. Em and I love us some good therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that a third party is super healthy and honestly worth the financial investment. Yeah. I have been in many seasons of life that I was like, I don't think I have the money to do this, but I would push back. Like, do you have, like, it's an investment. And do you honestly have the bandwidth in your life to not do it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you yeah. have like a breakdown, it's not going to be good for anybody. Right. Um, so that was last week. And now this week, M has come with this topic. Whoop, drum whoop. roll, please. You wanted that like um audience button. <gasps> yeah. And I want like a drum roll button. Could you work Ooh, on that for us, please? We definitely need to work on that. Maybe okay. we would have to I wonder if we could you know how like build a bear you can like record your voice <laughs> and put it in a build a bear? Maybe we need like a mascot that we can like push their little chest and hear a drum roll. Um <laughs> we just have like a whole line of like teddy bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random not, sounds. Not creepy at all. <laughs> um anyways, deconstruction, my people. Deconstruction. Which sounds like a, I mean, talk about like big words. Yeah. It also, I feel like has developed, especially in. It's trendy. It's trendy for sure. And I think it can have its like Christianese um, Mm. negativeness. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, Which is sad because it really can be such a positive thing. Oh, easily. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So what did you find on, or like what came to mind with deconstruction stuff well so when we were talking about mental health um, one of the things that we were talking about was staying curious and I think that the healthiest side of deconstruction is basically taking your thoughts your value system all of it and pushing back on it a little bit and saying why do I believe what I believe Mm-hmm. why do I think this way? Why do I have these biases and opinions? Yeah. And for me, the awareness of the way that I think 
happened in my 20s. Maybe it should have happened sooner. I don't know. But this is just the journey that I'm on. And it was because I was in Haiti leading multiple medical teams down there and listening to the local Haitians tell us what they wanted as far as healthcare. Hmm. And that was just an eye-opening experience for me because suddenly it can't just be, well, I'm a white Westerner, so I know what's best for you. Right. It was about being the listener. It was about staying curious. It was about asking questions. Right. And so then I started applying that into a lot of other areas of my life, which honestly, any good therapist would also have you doing this anyway, because you're going to say like, well, why do I react that way? Why does that hurt my feelings? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is it because something happened in my childhood? Is it because I'm internalizing like a lie about myself or yeah. a belief system? And so I think it wasn't so much like what was my immediate findings on this. I think it was more just what was my immediate reaction when you said about, oh, I think we should do an episode or two on deconstruction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like say more about that. Right. Right. And I think like even hearing how these terms, um, I've listened to a few podcasts on it and hearing how it's affected people personally is always good too. Um, I like that story and how that kind of came up in your thoughts of this. I think like for me, I'm such a, um, I'm going to make up a word, imagery <laughs> Because I immediately, <laughs> hey, at least I admitted it. Um, no, it's great. I, I make up words all the time. <laughs> but I think I truly picture like a, a house and just like the tearing down of it to like, like you said, like finding out the roots of where is this stemming mm. from? Where is it growing from? And like, what is feeding it? And then like the reconstruction of and rebuilding of that into something hopefully better. Um, And I think that's just like making it very basic in my mind, but that's kind of like what I pick it apart as. Yeah, it's good. It's, It's basically talking about like I was looking at synonyms for deconstruction. So if the word deconstruction is like throwing you off as a listener here, like we're talking about breaking things down, examining, scrutinizing, dissecting. Ooh, we're so good at dissecting. Hello. Yeah. Um, investigating like that's what you're talking about and you're just holding that up to different parts of your life Mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's a part where um as listeners you know applying that personal story like Meg did like I know for me I do normally apply deconstruction more with my faith walk however Mm -hmm. it can there is literature on the reflective practice and like the analysis, which like, I feel like also describes deconstruction um, of clinical practice. So I think we can so easily apply it to any portion of our life. I don't think it needs to be characterized as just your faith. Like, I think it's a very broad term and I think we can keep it that way and apply it single-handedly to certain situations. But like, I think where I have seen it most really has been the breaking down of my casual Christianity into like my good old phrase of like crazy Christianity, you know, I think that has been like my rebuilding, like deconstruction, reconstruction. Yeah. Um, but it really can apply everywhere, which is kind of what like we want to touch base on with deconstruction is like a clinical perspective and then also a spiritual perspective and a relational as well. Yeah. So today we're diving into um, the clinical side of everything just within like the nursing profession. 
And I mean, I think that there's a lot of ways that deconstruction can happen um, again, which is really just the dissecting. And so we already do this with patient care and diagnosis, especially when somebody comes in and we really can't quite pinpoint what is happening to them. Like we're automatically like just kind of throwing out all the possibilities. Right. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes willing to listen to maybe perspectives or opinions that we would otherwise poo poo a little bit. Yeah. Um, So I think that when we're taking this in like the broader sense into the profession, it's kind of the reason that Em and I even started this podcast was to push back against some of the unhealthy parts of our profession Mm -hmm. and to say like, I don't need to subscribe to that. Like, I don't need to practice it. It doesn't need to be a part of who I am because I don't like it. And so I think for me, deconstruction of the nursing profession was being able to say, wait, can I like stand up for myself, have a presence, be authoritative, you know, be um, a voice for my patient, but can I do all of that in a really healthy way that is not necessarily belittling somebody, slamming somebody, nurses eat their young kind of mentality? Like, is there just a way to be, yes, a strong individual that has a backbone and also still tender and a listener and a nurturer. Right. That's at least where I saw like the immediate application in my own career. Right. Um, What would you say, Em? Um, I totally agree with all that. And I think like the cultural deconstruction really hits home for both of us and I'm sure people listening. Um, But I also was thinking about it. There was an article and I took a screenshot and I, don't know if I, if I switch over, it'll ruin the audio. But um, so she was a midwife in the UK, but also ended up going back to school um, for like a nurse and then a midwife and then went back to school for like um, psychology therapy of some sorts um, and had written this really lengthy article on deconstruction that I had found, which we can link in the details. Um, but basically she made deconstruction and reflective practice like synonyms of one another and kind of um, broke apart reflective practice and how like that has even like back into the 1980s has been talked about and how deconstruction really, yes, it's its own thing, but it also is very, very much the same. Um, And she talked a little bit about a few things, but one thing that kind of like struck in my mind was we have like nursing as a whole has become more specialized. You know, you have your specific consults teams, you know, you have different areas that you can now, you know, home health, outpatient, and then there's like branches of that. There's pediatric, there's dialysis, there's, you know, there's just so much. Yeah. And so we can be, oh gosh, I always get this phrase wrong. The mass, what is it? The um, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh huh. And I feel like we all want to be the jack of all trades, but like also want to be our own little masters of our area as nurses. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we know really do. Yeah. Yes. And so with increasing acuity and people living longer and more technology, technological advances, even more so the time to deconstruct the profession or the specialty you're in and then reframe what it is that one you need to know and specialize in because we really can't be like, know everything hence why doctors have specialties providers have specialties you know we've we've grown in the healthcare field as broken as it is we still know 
you can't know everything, you know? Yeah. And so I there's think- some doctors that will need to hear that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 100%. And hey, and same to us. Like, I know. for sure, as critical care, we're like, oh, we know it all or any profession or any, you know, branch of nursing. But um, I think like just realizing like where can we go then with this specialty and finding the niches within that um, was something else, like a different framework that came to mind for me too. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think anytime that you, we talk about self-awareness um, and I think part of self-awareness is being willing to do this examination in your profession, in your life, in your relationships, in your spiritual world. Right. And like, the places that it, to me it gets damaging and toxic is if you never come back out of it. If you just cross-examine everything. So almost like an unhealthy space. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you kind yes. of like don't trust anything and then you like scrutinize other people to this unhealthy degree. Like that to me is where the, yeah, it can become maybe damaging or unhealthy. Yes. Right. Um, because you were saying how a lot of times like the word deconstruction can be a negative connotation. Right. I, there was one part of the article that I was reading. Um, it's saying the reflective practitioner analyzes, validates, and then learns from. And it also mm-hmm. framed it as, you're, yes, you're uncovering hidden assumptions, but then the next stage of that is enabling new possibilities for action. Mm. So right, right. So you're it's not, not just, just sitting in that rut of, thought but putting things into action because we can't stay you know I love the phrase like if we were formed to stay in one spot we would have roots to our feet you know and we're not meant to just stay there like we're meant to learn from it yeah yeah right roots roots and wings I had a good friend that said that to me once roots and wings oh I like that yeah so like we can still be stationary maybe like in our profession we're not necessarily leaving our profession Mm -hmm. but there is still growth that is happening within and so I think too like even the um sometimes we see this with newer graduates versus seasoned like doctors or nurses mm. is that sometimes they come in and they have these like new ways, right? Cause obviously medicine is changing. Hello, evidence-based practice. Like every five years, I feel like there's just something altogether hugely different than what we were doing five years like prior. Of course. Imagine um, reading through your emails and trying to stay on top of them all. I mean, there's always something. Yeah, right. Exactly. But then I think that if we just live in like, well, this is what we've always done come on, we have all come up against that practitioner. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that that still is effective, but is there a better way? Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is there like a way that makes more sense? And for me, I always hate when somebody is just like, well, no, this is just the way that we've always done it. Okay, well, can we at least examine it? We might end up coming to the conclusion Mm. like that it doesn't need to change. Yes. And that this is effective, but right at least push back on it a little bit right to like yeah intellectually continue continue to question but not in a way that's like causing a defensive um reaction but like in a growth way and I think there's like a communication piece that 
has been really hard for me to learn. I'm still learning it every day, like how to approach that conversation, that, like the topic that you just said of like, okay, we might still come back to your conclusion being the end goal and the end conclusion of what works best, but like, let's make sure. And I think like applying that personally too, as like, just as you would advocate for your patient to say, okay, is this really still the best practice? Like looking into the literature, is this still the best thing you're supposed to be doing? Questioning um, your interdisciplinary team on like those people that specialize in that, that particular question. And then applying that personally, because, you know, you said, yes, hopefully we're not questioning leaving nursing, but some people are like, some people genuinely Mm. are right now. And if you are, ugh, we are thinking and praying for you. But like, if you personally have to deconstruct your nursing and what it is to you right now like I think don't be defeated by that like deconstruct it what is it to you like is it still you know Sam Recker in her podcast at the beginning of the month had mentioned she looked back on her um application application. to nursing Yeah. yeah so like deconstruct it get back to the roots and then like rebuild like are you still where you want to be with nursing like lay out your goals and you know, just as you would for the best evidence-based practice, what is the best you-based practice that, like, or you goal that you've been striving for and want? Like, reignite that. And I think um, it's much easier said than done, obviously, but I think we constantly need to be doing that in in every walk of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, I mean, maybe, maybe you do still love it, or maybe that held truth for you in that season when you were applying and you were, like, more of a I don't know, starry eyed individual going into this that mm-hmm. you know, just didn't know what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's time to move on, that's okay too. Like, right. it doesn't mean that something is wrong. It doesn't mean that you weren't good enough. Right. Um, it just means that there are different seasons and chapters in life. And we all have to, at some point, be willing to just look ourselves in the mirror and say, like, who am I today? And right. Is this still making sense for me? Like, I. Right didn't grow up just saying, I'm going to own a coffee truck and I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going to be a nurse and do all the things. Right. But at some point, all of a sudden, Em and I are making podcasts. Like where are we at in life? What is our values that we're now holding dear? What has bubbled to the surface? Like that we want to make an impact in. Mm-hmm. And so also, even if you're thinking about leaving the nursing profession or leaving the bedside, yeah, we say this all the time too. There's a lot that you can do still within the medical field mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's any less of a valuable nursing position. 100%. So, I, this yeah. is like a really weird M analogy, but brace yourselves, everybody put your seatbelts <laughs> on. Um, I think, and I don't know where this came from, but I remember my first um, PE inpatient in the ICU, the patient came from the ED and I was instructed to give TPA and as logical as that sounds, this is my first time. Like, I'm sure we've had our first or like, like if you're anyone doing peritoneal dialysis, like I'm sure like every time you do, it, it feels like the first time because you haven't done it in so long. Like you almost feel that like really, really uncomfortable. Okay. I, I questioned it. I looked into it. I called the right resources and I know I'll do it correctly, but it still feels like uncomfortable. Like those things that you do in clinical practice that like you just haven't done in a while and you need to remember and it just feels either new or just fresh from years before and it just feels so uncomfortable when you're doing it like can you like just feel that feeling right now like you know it every nurse knows that feeling right yeah and so 
to link that I feel like same with your decision within the nursing profession like just be it's still the best thing for the patient to get that TPA for the PE if all the criteria matches up it might not be the normal thing that you always do you know maybe you usually do a heparin drip but like maybe for this particular patient it makes absolute sense and same thing for you like if you're doing this simple like you're in the dialysis world right now but you really feel like you should be in hospice or whatever as much as the discomfort can cause like destruction and distraught in your life like still don't be afraid to do it if you're like unsure or unsteady because you'll never know if you don't try and it really could be the absolute best thing yeah I'm glad that you said that I mean you are now in the role of a traveler so you are kind of out of your comfort zone frequently, like brand new people, mm-hmm. brand new places, learning new ways of doing things. I got redeployed mm-hmm. six weeks ago into a space that I didn't know with people that I didn't know. And guess what? I found friends and I found, you know, skill sets that got dusted off and are like right back, like doing good. You know what I mean? Right. And new skill sets and increased flexibility and like ability to transition. I remember um, there was some new, there were grads um, that were coming through. And I remember saying something about, you know, just being like flexible and, you know, there's so many different opportunities out there. And and the one was just like, no, I think once I like find a unit, like that's going to be it kind of thing. And I thought to myself, like, you know, I would have had a very similar thought when I was in my 20s. Of, mm. Like, I don't want to be fle- like, I'm not flexible. It yeah. makes me anxious. I don't want to do all the things. And now I feel like my life has been nothing but transition. And my ability to, like, bounce back is tenfold than I've ever had. But it was mainly because I was put into situations that I didn't necessarily want to be put into. And all of a sudden, doing okay. Right. Do you know what I mean? And, like, right. When- when you and I talk about um, working out and working muscles and things like that, it when you first start working out, it feels awkward. You're like, am I even using this like machine correctly? I feel like I look stupid. I'm super sore, right? And then right. you're like three months in and you're like, I, I remember what it felt like in the beginning, but it's so not where I'm at today. Like, Right. And totally not, not blaming like or anything negative to that new grad. Like, we oh, know no. nurse- yeah, we know nursing school is like, obviously we understand that it's very um there's a lot of discomfort and I can imagine and I try to think back on myself and it's even hard to remember only six years ago but like I didn't want any more discomfort I didn't want any more like you said Meg transition yeah but then you realize like any kind of deconstruction and reconstruction there is some sort and some level of discomfort and it's just choosing what is going to be your your discomfort or you know everyone says we signed up for this and so yes we signed up for possible stress but what is the stress that we want to selectively choose and choose day in and day out Mm, hello hello all right well I say that we wrap it up on that note because that one is one that you can noodle on for a little while as you're finishing up your drive to or from or you can think about it as you drift off to sleep I feel bad for you if you're listening to us before you go to sleep. I'm sure you have nightmares. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stop that. Not at all. They're with their two best friends that they've never met. Oh, I love that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks so much, Em. This was super good. Yeah, I love it. And um, to be continued next week. So y'all take care until then. All right. We'll chat later, fam. Bye. Bye. Bye.